Hello. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas Eve, everyone. Ah, I'm terrified. Hi. My name is Thai, Thailene Cook. You can call me Thai. I am half American, half Filipino. I was born in Singapore, um, but I grew up mainly in Malaysia. And first of all, I'd like to say that you all look so beautiful tonight. Um, you guys have no idea how special this moment is for me. This is my first time ever to celebrate Christmas in America. So <laughs> this will forever be on the highlight of my Instagram story and story of my life. <laughs> Um, but I'd like to take this opportunity to really honor Pastor Dave, Pastor Ryan, and everyone I've had the great privilege of connecting with these past four months that I've been coming to Sideris. Y'all have no idea how much your friendships, your encouragement, your acceptance of me have been a testament of God's faithfulness and goodness working in my life. So with that, I want to say thank you, Sideris Church. And to start my one hour story. <laughs> Again, I'm from Malaysia and I just moved here in the month of April. I've been in the US before for holidays in Florida, Disneyland, woohoo, that was cool when I was a kid. Um, but this is the first time I actually had to move and live here and get a license and learn about tax, dear Lord. And how I ended up here is because of COVID and visa issues. Basically, the government of Malaysia just decided to tell all the foreigners that you need to leave the country in one week. Surprise! And I was like, what? That was pretty intense. And um, I had been in Malaysia already for 15 years at least, consecutively. And at that moment, I had just started a new job. I was very much involved in my church, in my community. I had great relationships around me. I am married to a very cute, cute husband. <laughs> He's Filipino. I had three beautiful cats that I worked hard to give a good life for. I got in a new car. I had just moved in a new apartment. Like, guys, life was, like, going really well for me. And then the government says, yeah, you got to leave all those things. Like, you got to skedaddle. You got to get out of here. And to make matters worse, I realized I couldn't bring my husband over with me, even though he fits in the luggage. <laughs> I just couldn't. And so you can imagine how intense that one week was. And I came here and I essentially felt like I had lost everything I worked hard for in my life. Everything that brought stability. And I'm here in the U.S. and I'm so unsure of my life here. I am unsure if I could get a job where I belonged. I didn't even know when I would see my husband again. It was really tough. It was hard. It was painful. A lot of nights crying to sleep. And I remember this thought going in through my mind. You know, I never even wished this upon my greatest or worst enemies. Like, to go through something like that. And I was even questioning God, like, Lord, I don't understand. I'm saying it nicely now, but I was like screaming at him, Lord, I don't understand. What's happening? Why am I here? You know, I've done so much good things for you. Why, why have you done this to me? And it's just this constant questioning and wondering and just 
ending the day just as David does in the Psalms of just surrendering. Like, I, I don't have the answers. You're not talking to me right now. I'm just going to surrender everything to you. And as I began to go through the motions of getting myself established and finding work, finding a place to stay, joining a church, being part of a cohort, I began to be very aware of this strength that was coming from within me to face each day. My mind and my heart was still a mess, but with every faith step I took, God's grace met me there. With every connection was a confirmation. With every open door, there was this evidence of favor over me, and I simply could not deny, God, you are working in my life. A lot of times I've told some of you my stories, and I get so many kinds of reactions like, what? How can you go through something like that? Or like a, a look of pity, like, how could you go through something like that and still be so hopeful and all these things? But as I, as I see all these like reactions, I can't help but realize that when life literally takes everything away from you, you and everyone else can literally see what you're made of, what foundation you've truly built your life upon. And I've spent 10 years since I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, building that foundation, building that relationship with him, reading his word, serving his church. And now, more than ever, in this time in my life, I realize that things that seem to bring stability and value can actually easily be taken away. What is truly worth our time, our energy, and our effort is the eternal, and is the eternal foundation is our faith in Jesus Christ. Don't get me wrong. Having all these things, having a stable life, it's a good thing. It is the will of God. Amen? But in all our laboring and building this life that we envision for ourselves, let us not neglect to build on an eternal foundation faith in Christ. And funny enough, as I was preparing my story, and I'm talking really fast because I have 10 minutes, <laughs> um, I realized that the only reason I feel, or one of the reasons, many reasons I feel that I was able to face this kind of situation with such grace is that I've actually gone through something worse, believe it or not. Um, contrary to the birth of Christ, the birth of my conception was a very messed up one. My father had been married and divorced four times before he had met my mother. And when she was pregnant with me, my father said, and these are his words, I had no problem telling my girlfriends to let go of their child. But when your mother didn't want you, for some reason, I wanted to keep you. And I don't know why. How encouraging. So after I was born, my father took me away from her. I grew up not knowing who my mother was and living with this sense of rejection. Eventually, my father, he married wife number six. They had a son, and when he was born, the abuse started to happen. I had faced all kinds of abuse. I won't go into so much detail, details, but it lasted for years. I faced abuse from many people that I thought I could trust in my life, and I was just sent back and forth to different places to live with different people. And so in a way, my whole life was filled with this constant instability and no sense of direction riddled with this pain and rejection and confusion. Growing up, I felt like my life was worthless. I was a burden to people. I was an inconvenience. I'm just dead weight. And I tried so desperately 
to prove my worth in doing the wrong things that eventually I found myself with the wrong kind of relationships. Then in 2011, a month after I turned 20 years old, my father died in an accident and it crushed my world. I suddenly was faced with this ugly reality that now, now I truly had nothing. I had no one, I belonged to nobody. You see, despite the abuse I faced from my father, there was one thing that I was sure of, one thing I was confident in, one foundation I had was that he was my father. I'm his daughter. He was 100% wholeheartedly my dad, and now he's gone. And now there's nothing. I really had no worth. And this death greatly impacted me, and it happened around the month of December, six days before Christmas. My family eventually began to move on with their life, but I felt like I was being left behind with nothing, just all this pain and emptiness. I went numb, and I went to a really dark place in my life. And like most people, Christmas was not jolly at all. But you can give a big sigh. This is the good news. <laughs> I'm sorry to be a downer here. As God would have it, shortly after my father's death, I was invited to what I would call my home church now. I'm tempted to say that I was invited for a Christmas Eve event like this, but I honestly can't be sure because in those days, my mind was just not in the right place. And I would pretty much sum up that season of my life as hangover part one, part two, part three, part four. Um, but I just remembered going because I felt that I needed to do at least one religious thing a year. At least I wouldn't be totally like helpless or hopeless. I liked the worship, even though I felt it was a bit loud and annoying. The preacher preached, I had an awesome nap, but I was super annoyed that when I woke up, he was still talking. Like, dude, <laughs> I just had a nice nap. And um, like, I just couldn't wait to get out of that church. It was like an hour, but I felt like eternity. It took so long. And as soon as it was done, I had to run away from these Christians. Like, I do not want to mingle with them, right? And as I was trying to escape from all these Christians and all these people jollying around, someone caught me <laughs> and said, hey, come to my cohort. And I don't know, but that just impacted me for some reason. And so... I joined, and eventually that began my journey to knowing God, and I think a year later of just constantly going to church, even though I was still living a sinful lifestyle, I decided to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and my life was changed. It wasn't an easy journey, even after I received Christ. I struggled a lot with the idea that God was a good father. I struggled with feelings of shame. I struggled with a lot of things. Hashtag the struggle is real, you guys. But as I drew near to God with all my mess and broken pieces of my life, he slowly put me back together. I began to build my life on his word. And he began to restore my innermost being. He even brought back my biological mother into my life after 24 years six months before my wedding day, and she walked me down the aisle. He restored my relationships. He restored my heart. And I stand before you guys this evening on this foundation 
And I know with every part of me that I belong to Jesus and he belongs to me. And even though life is not perfect, his grace is enough. Yes, I arrived in the U.S. feeling like I had lost everything. But the truth was, I was truly lost before, and God found me. There is nothing that could ever take that away, and nothing that I'll ever lose in my life from here on out that God cannot restore, because he is my everything. And so to end my story, I want to open up this invitation to all of you here, and maybe some of you that are watching this Christmas, to consider Jesus. The Bible says the birth of Jesus in Matthew 1.23. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which translate, God is with us. God is with me. God is with you. And Jesus made this promise before he ascended to heaven. In Matthew 28.20, he says, remember, I am with you always until the end of age. And even though I'm temporarily separated from my very, very cute husband, he is here with me. And I live in this joyful hope and expectation. And I'm just excited for the day that we would reunite again and I would bring him here and you all would meet him and you would be like, yeah, he is cute. <laughs> but it's the same with our Lord Jesus Christ, that though we are temporarily separated from him in the flesh, his spirit is here with us. And we live in this joyful hope, excited for the day that we would be reunited with our Lord and Savior. Merry Christmas and God bless you all. Thank you.